for three years. God had called him and told him, you've been set apart, you're going to be speaking, uh, preaching my word. But then he went away. Three years is a long time. And most times, we just want everybody to know, right? I have been honored. I'm called by God. The Lord has spoken to me, yes. Satan is going to really whack you real good before long. It's not going to be funny. You need to really spend time with God. Whatever honor God's placed in your life, the first thing to do is to go back to him. And, to, and that's what Jesus did for 40 days, fasting, talking to his father about what had transpired. In that way, he was ready for the temptation that was coming. You know, David, uh, after God spoke to Nathan, Nathan and said, go tell David. And uh, the gist of the, pro- the prophecy to David was, as long as this universe exists, you're going to have a son on the throne. You know what that meant? God was talking about Jesus. But in the immediate time, he was talking about Solomon. David was very keenly aware. King Saul didn't have his son on the throne. He was aware of that. And now God was telling, making a promise to him. And God told him, your son will always be on the throne. And he was talking about Jesus. You know what David did? The Bible said David went into the tabernacle and sat before God. And I don't know how long he was sitting before God. He said nothing for a while. And then he was asking God, who am I? Why have I found such favor in your sight? He was discussing the honor that was placed upon his life. Before God. Before the people would get to know about what God said through the prophet. It's very important. Very important. Pull away whatever it is. If it's a financial blessing, go talk to God. Give him thanks. Whatever it is. Let God be a part of it because there's going to be a trial coming. There's going to be a trial coming. Okay? Jesus was tempted by the devil. But I uh, want to let you know what the reason for the test is and why you go through a test. <laughs> Notice every, uh, most of the temptations, except for the last one, where Satan says, bow before me and worship. The question was always, if you are the son of God. So what was Satan referring to? The honor he just received, right? God had just said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so now the temptation is, if you are the son of God, which God just spoke openly, well then do this. Turn, and he took opportunity of the fact uh, that Jesus was hungry. So the need, your, the, your fleshly need, that could be one area Satan is going to come. Jesus was hungry. He had been eating for 40 days. 
So he says, turn that thing. You're now the son of God. If you are the son of God, then turn these stones to bread. Jesus multiplied bread later, but Jesus said, no, I'm not going to do that. It is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then Satan went to something else. And he's an amazing thing. He took him from the wilderness. I don't know if it was physical. I'm not sure if it was literal. I don't understand all of that. But it seems like he took Jesus from the wilderness and took him into Jerusalem to the pinnacle of the temple. And asked Jesus, same question, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down from here. And God has spoken in the Psalms. He'll give his angels charge over you. Jesus said, you can't tempt the Lord your God. And then he took Jesus from that place and took him to a very high mountain. I believe he was appealing to his pride. Son of God, I can do anything. Now he took him out and showed him the glory of the world. And said, I'll give it to you you if you bow down. And Jesus said, no, no, I'm not going to do that either. The Bible says you must only worship God. One thing I want to note tonight is Jesus was tempted in the way that most of us are not tempted. His temptation was a trial as well. The devil is involved in temptation. Sometimes a tempta- a temptation for us is a trial from God. Satan is involved in all of them. The trial comes with a great reward. You are being tested because God has placed an honor upon your life. And Satan is going to steal that from you. Because the Bible calls, calls him what? A thief. He doesn't come unless he knows there's something you got he wants to steal. And so when God places an honor upon your life, he comes to steal that honor from you. Or whatever God is giving to you by placing that honor upon you, he wants that. And so he's going to tempt you. He's going to try you with it. That's exactly what he did with Abraham. Abraham was honored. He had a victory of faith when he gave birth. Uh, he and his wife gave birth to Isaac. And then God was going to test him for that. Amen. <laughs> Give me the boy. Give me that boy. Okay. Many times we think Abraham had no struggle. Satan wasn't involved. But I guarantee you those three days he was marching towards that uh, mountain where he was supposed to kill his son. He had a lot going on in his head. What if God didn't raise him up from the dead? What am I going to do? I'll lose my son. He was a man just like the rest of us. But it was still a test from God. He had to go through all kinds of things. The enemy telling him right on the way there why he possibly shouldn't obey God in this matter. (laughs) But that's what happens. But God will allow you to go through a test that's what the bible means when god says uh, the bible says he led the spirit led him into the wilderness for the test but jesus told us pray to god do not lead us into what temptation well the holy spirit is leading him there's a bit there's a difference 
There's a difference. Our test is kind of different for the most part, not every time. <laughs> Our test sometimes is not because of the honor that God has placed on us. It's because of something that's in us. And that, Jesus didn't have that. Because Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he doesn't have a part in me. There's nothing in me. But sometimes we allow things of the enemy in us. Now, let me conclude by this particular area of talk by going to James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. It says, let, me, let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is what? Drawn away by his own desire and enticed. That's there. There's a big difference there. There's a big difference there. When you are enticed into doing something wrong, uh, that's because of your heart's condition. God will deliver you. He'll make a way of escape. But the real thing is something in you is what's causing this. But there are other temptations that you've got nothing to do with it. Just the test trial comes into your life. And during the trial, you are tempted to do all kinds of things. Maybe it's a financial issue. And then perhaps you are in a place, maybe at work, where you can get your hands on something that doesn't belong to you. That's where the test is. The test is in that because God may have allowed it for a promotion. Maybe it's coming after a great honor God has placed in your life. But now there is a test, and you're going through it. And God is watching if you're going to compromise because you got a difficult situation. And it's easy for us to say God understands where you failed. You failed the test. He doesn't understand. The reason for the test is to see what you will do. And if you go through that test, whatever he's wanting you to do, he, the revelation that he's placed in you then begins to touch people's lives. And you're blessed in it. So either way, the enemy is going to be involved. Every time you go through a major victory, Satan comes after you to get something from you. I like to use uh, just three individuals from the script Old Testament uh, well, one from the Old Testament and two from the New Testament to let us know that this is the case. I know what happened to, to me after I got called uh, to do what, what I'm doing today. Uh, you know, my life was okay. We were, doing, we were not very wealthy, but we were church people. On Wednesday nights we were there. You know, when we can't make it, and if I'm not in church, believe me, even if I'm out there, I'm, I'm back there with them. Wondering, oh, it's 830. I wonder, maybe they just closed. I'm thinking, I want to be with them. That's, that's, that's always been my life, and I thank God. <laughs> I'm first now, even if things change, I have to be here. It's for that. It doesn't bother me. I want to be here. And uh, when the call came, I possibly... Uh, shared with uh, Pastor Wendy because we were that close and uh, then praying and walking what did God want me to do and all of that 
but uh and and i did go out and god did do a lot of miracles i had seen so many miracles uh all kinds of miracles uh, I, I don't think I can know the number of people that were healed. It, when I started the ministry, instantly so many people were healed. I knew God had called me. But the trouble was <laughs> our finances went <laughs> the other direction. He was rough. He was really rough. I had people coming to me. Uh, do I have time tonight? I don't know. But I had people coming to me from the oil companies in Nigeria. And I think that's why my, my struggle lasted for so long. We had uh, people we call NNPC, Michael Munoz about this. And these were guys that would give millions of dollars, contracts, in the millions. And I had one manager, and they came to me <laughs> and said, good luck. We know you are a pastor. I wasn't a pastor of any church, then just an evangelist. We're going to help you. We've helped these guys. We've given them millions. And while I'm talking to them, one of those guys I know, a multi-millionaire, he's calling them and telling them, look, I need you guys to help me. I need this contract. And they said, good luck. You see, he's calling. We gave him a contract, but he's forgotten us. He doesn't even bless us with the little stuff. And they said, but we know you. You know, when God, when you are blessed and this money comes to you, you won't forget us. You at least take care of us somehow. And I thought to myself, thank you, Jesus. The blessings. And then began to count my millions now. <laughs> oh, millions. And uh, the guy took me to his manager, the top guy. They all come to Houston, right? You know, for their OTC. And so I was excited. I said, because I've obeyed God, now these millions are coming my way. And I'm going to get all these millions. And uh, I spent about, the key thing is, it's so important. You need to listen to the Lord. Because he told me, the scripture that was given to me was in uh, um, Matthew chapter 10. When God called me, he says, you know the scripture where it says, don't take an extra belt? Don't carry any money pass and stuff like that. <laughs> Just go. I I went, but I wasn't going to listen about this. Not taking this extra bell. I got to help myself somehow. My family, what am I going to do? You understand what I'm saying? That's the way I was thinking. So my mind was in that. And so anything that came was good. This was the Lord because I've obeyed his call. Yeah. Yeah. And so I spent about ten to twelve thousand dollars that we needed. I rented an office in the a very glorious part of uh, Lagos in Nigeria, where the rich people live and all of that, and bought all the computers and all of that for the business, and hired somebody uh, to to take care of the business. And before I got through settling everything, the guy that was the top manager. They kicked him out of his position. And the other guy was transferred. I had no help. The whole money was gone. I was really obeying God, right? You really need to do what he said. It took me a while to learn. Just stay still. Just keep going. And things went really bad. However, God was still doing the miracles. Amen. 
And you being here today is still a miracle. Amen. <laughs> it's a miracle. But look, uh, Elijah had a great time with God. You know the story of Elijah? I mean, this was a man that prayed for three years. He said he prayed to God and he wanted no rain. And he, I don't know if God spoke to him. He went to Ahab and said, there will not be rain in this land unless I say so. Unless by my word. And I'm sure Ahab thought, sure, sure. And let, let him walk away. And then for the next few years, no rain, he got it. That prophet is the one that's called, he called him the troubler of Israel. You know that? The troubler of Israel. Because there was no rain. And then Elisha actually challenged, uh, challenged the um, prophets of Baal, killed 450 of them. And the people, when they saw fire come from heaven, I believe all of us know that story, right? And they started yelling and saying, the Lord is God, right? So it's great victory. He, he wanted the whole nation. He prayed. He said, God, I want you to turn your heart from Baal and to God, to you. That's my prayer. And he put this, the, the stones representing the 12 tribes and then the animal and the water. And he prayed and fire came from heaven and consumed, consumed the holes, consumed the stones and everything. And the people saw it and bowed down. He had accomplished a great honor for this man of God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And then he prayed again and rain came. And then a little woman threatened him called Jezebel. See, after the victory and the honor, guess what's going to come? A test. A test. This is what Jezebel said. He said, then Jezebel sent a message, that's First King 19, verse 2 and 3, sent a message to Elijah saying, so let the gods, the gods were not there to help his prophets, but now she's saying, let the gods do to me. Well, they can't do anything. And more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them, that's uh, her prophets, by tomorrow, about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. You know, leaving his servant is, I'm through. I'm not doing ministry anymore. He left. And actually, he was crying out to God. He says, look, why don't you just kill me? I want to die. He couldn't handle the temptation, you know, the trial. After a great honor. If you, if you want to think rationally, the whole, nation were, the whole nation was behind Elijah, you know, at this point. If Elijah said, kill the king, guess what's going to happen? They'll kill the king. If Elijah said, kill the king, they'll kill the king. Everyone was on Elijah's side. The Lord, he is God. Just a few days later, right? Uh, the king couldn't do anything to him. Talk less of a woman in the king's palace. There's no way. Who's going to do that? They all knew that that was the man of God. Who's going to go touch him? But he wasn't aware of it. He ran. And that was the end of his ministry. 
Because after that, God said, okay, I'll take you back. And you go anoint Elijah. Anoint this other guy to be king. And you're out of here. It was over. After every great honor from God, there is a trial coming your way. And if you're going through the trial, just know that God is wanting to do something in your life that's bigger than yourself. If you go through it, then you can reach out. Remember the story of Peter? Peter had a great honor from Jesus. And then in the same instance, he slipped. Because he had no understanding. Let me read this. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 through 19, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, who is in heaven on Sunday, I, I was talking about the fact that only God reveals his Son. And then the Son reveals the Father to the same person. Then it's complete. But there, the Father was the one that revealed who Jesus was to, Je- to Peter. And so Jesus said, you are blessed. In verse 18, he said, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of it shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, what greater honor for a man. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. These words were spoken to, to Peter. No greater honor for a man. But then in the next few verses down, Satan had come. In verse 22, the same chapter, it says, Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, I mean, you rebuked God? You got to be crazy. He got into his head, right? He thought it was something. (laughs) He knew more now because he was blessed. He wasn't ready. He didn't know anything much about Satan and how Satan can work. He began to rebuke Jesus saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. In other words, how are you talking like that? Sometimes they want to say, Well, you're talking negative. (laughs) You can't talk that way. And said, but Jesus turned and said to Peter, notice he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. I mean, the same guy that was going to have the keys of heaven, now the keys of the kingdom, and now he's calling the same guy, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So we really need to watch. Every time God honors you, most of the time there is a trial coming behind and I started talking about my family for days for years uh, maybe a couple of years we really suffered it wasn't funny at all I I remember staying in the living room and crying I won't I don't I'll never go back to my bed I knew God did miracles everywhere I went I Florida South Carolina had a situation where a woman was dying in in her bed. The doctors, they were sure she wasn't going to be healed. I mean, that was it. I prayed with her. The next day I came, I had a lot of nurses, the doctors, all around the entrance to our room. Everybody was excited. I thought she had died. 
And that's what Satan ministered. As soon as we walked in, he says, you prayed for her, now she's dead. <laughs> but uh, then I heard the nurse coming in and say, she's so alert. So I knew God had answered. She came out of the hospital. I'll go out, preach in the church, maybe about 700 people and more. And come back home without hardly anything. I tell Angela about all the miracles. Angela says, but why was the offering? I mean, we had to live. The kids couldn't, there was nothing at home. And I tell her, well, we don't want to talk about that. Because either pastor forgot to take the offering or something. I mean, it was rough. We're laughing about it. Angela was confused. I was. Because I said, if God has called us, why are we going through this? I mean, we got nothing to eat. My credit was perfect. I could buy anything. Now, calls kept coming. How many have been through that? They call and threaten and threaten and threaten. And my credit, (laughs) and because we had our credit together, I was taking everybody down. The whole family was going down. That was how bad it was. But the good thing is we knew God had called us. There was no going back. We just didn't understand what this was. And uh, sharing with Ted uh, Hackworth, uh, when we started our church, uh, Angela took the car to work, and I was at home, and I was doing church business. Uh, I preached on how God will bless you and prosper you on Sunday. And now God is going to pour his blessings upon us. On, Sunday, on Monday, I'm calling Hakko, uh, Ted. I need to go somewhere to buy this for the church. Could you drive me there? Never call. But God can change every, every one of those things. But you have to go through the trial. You have to abandon yourself. You got nothing to prove to anybody. Let God be God. And obey what he's called you to do. I'm going to end with this, Paul. Paul was taken into the third heaven. Do you remember that? And he said, I saw things and I heard things that no one wants you speak. And then he told us, because of what honor God had given to him, a messenger of Satan was sent, right? To buffet him constantly. And he pleaded with God, please, what's this? In God's name, you can handle it. Because my power is made perfect in your weakness. God was more concerned about his glory than what you're going through. The trial is really for your glory. Today, Paul is known all over the world. People talk about him. Every day, somebody's talking about this apostle because of what he went through. Stand up with me tonight. I do believe, I do hope, I'm speaking to somebody tonight. Maybe you're going through something already, but uh, your glory is there. Or maybe God has blessed you with something great now. Uh, When things begin to, it may not be that same area. Don't think he's going to come the same area. He's going to come some other way. But recognize it and don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. God is still there with you. And once it's over, then you are revealed to the world. Amen? Jesus came back from the wilderness with great power. 
and then he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. But he had to go through the test first. Amen. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. Whatever you're going through right now, maybe God has honored you. I already shared with you what I believe you should do when God has honored you. To seal it, go spend some time with him. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Say, God, I don't know why I found so much favor in your sight. I'm so grateful to you. I don't know why you bless me so much for the honor you've placed in my life. I'm so grateful. You are an awesome God. Deal with him. And let your soul be satisfied with thanksgiving first. And then you can tell what God has done. And also, you may be going through a difficult time. Don't set your mind on it. If you had nothing to do with it, you don't know why he's come, God may have allowed it. And that's because he wants to reveal you to the world. Somebody to be used by him in a very great way. That's who you are. You are a child of God. The reason for the temptation, the trial, is because you belong to him. God has spoken. You are his child. So Satan is going to challenge that. But don't mind it. Don't set your heart on it. Because God has something great for you in your future. Father, I thank you for the revelation of your word. Your word will never return to you void. These are the words of faith. And Lord, you do bring faith into our hearts. When we hear the word and we accept the word, faith comes into our hearts and into our mouths. Lord, help us to speak those words of faith. We know your word will never return to you void. I thank you for your people tonight. I thank you for the understanding, the wisdom from heaven that we have our God. Bless your people, Lord, in every way. Reverse what the enemy meant for evil upon your people. And let good come to your people. Goodness and mercy following your people according to your word every day of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.